just did, that the Lord would indeed open our eyes and open our ears and our hearts, our soul to see, to hear, to to long for for Jesus and his kingdom. Uh, my name is Drew Smith. I'm the pastor here at College Hill Presbyterian. Welcome you all here physically and those that are with us um, online. Uh, today, we're at the end of the story, the very end of Acts 28. This is the, the last episode of the series. You know, these days with streaming um, and you get the whole series of TV shows. You know, we got a lot of shows out now. Uh, Kathy and I have been watching Jack Ryan and we just finished the last season, the last episode of the last season. Um, now, don't go watching Jack Ryan for any kind of spiritual thing, but that's what we're watching. Um, but, you know, it it ended the, or we, for us uh, the, this week when we saw it. And it's really hard, I find, for television series to end well. They just, they sort of end with a little bit of a dud. Now, some of you may remember that uh, television series Lost. That was back when TV, um, you had to watch it one day a week. You know, it came on Tuesday night. You could only watch it on Tuesday night. Some of you don't remember the, that. Uh, but that was a great series and it caught a lot of people's imagination. And it was sort of the same way, sort of ended with a dud. Well, so here, now, the, the last passage, the last 16, 17 verses of the of Acts, the book of Acts, which has been 28 chapters long, covering around 30 years. So it's been quite a story, and, and we're just wondering here, we've been walking with Paul, particularly the last half of it, what happens? What happens to Paul? How does it end? And so we'll we'll pick that up in Acts chapter 28, starting with verse 16. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. For those that just tuning in, you're just picking the last episode up of the whole series. Paul's been in prison and he's been in prison for the last several years and he's just now getting to Rome. And so he's now got one guard that watches him all the time. Verse 17, after three days. He called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I've asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, We've received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening... He expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus. 
both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense, And welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The end. See, this ending to me, maybe with you is you're moved, but to be honest, this ending sort of seems disappointing. I want some conclusion here. You know, I want to know what, what happened to Paul. We've been walking with him. What's going on with him? Some of you may remember. I, I still remember this short story that I read in Miss Rainey's class in middle school. We read it in the class. It was called The Lady and the Tiger by Frank Stockton. Uh, maybe you had to say, and there's this famous short story, and it's about this barbaric king and the way that he tries criminals as he brings them into a stadium full of people, and he tells, you're going to be innocent or guilty by the door that you choose. Behind Now, granted, this was written a while ago, so you know there's, there's some questionable tactics. He's a barbaric king, so don't expect him to do good things. Behind one door, he says, there's a beautiful woman that I've picked for you, and behind another door, there's a hungry tiger that I've picked for you. And so then the story, you're inside the guy's head. Which one's he going to do? How's this going to work? And then you're told that he, he takes a step forward towards the door. The end. And it ends there. You never know what, what he chose. And that's how I felt when I read this. It's like, wait a minute. Paul's been in jail. We've been walking with Paul. And he's the one carrying the good news. He's in prison. It's great what's going on here. But does he get out? Where does he go? You know. Eventually, we know he dies, but what what happens? This story leaves a lot. It's an open-ended story. So what what exactly happened and what's going on here? Because, I mean, we've been walking with Paul, but even the last five verses, last five chapters, he, he has faced all kind of opposition. He, he's, he's faced prison. I mean, he's been behind bars this whole time. I think we have a picture of bars. Yeah, he's been in prison. He's faced all kinds of storms along the way. He's been shipwrecked. We talked, Samuel talked about this last week. He was shipwrecked. He's even, we didn't read about this, but it's the chapter just before this one. He's bitten by a snake and survives. And he's even faced numerous unscrupulous leaders, government leaders. <laughs> I had a lot of options for that one, of which I was wise to choose this one. 
But we want to know, you know, what happens to him? But, but that's not the question Luke is answering. See, Luke's not answering what happens to Paul. Luke's answering the question, what happens to the kingdom of God? What happens to, to God's celestial, cosmic, res, reformation project, rescue project? That's what, what he's answering. That's, that's what his readers are wanting to know. Because they're living under the oppression of the kingdom of Rome. And for them, it seems like everything they do has to be in submission to Rome. They're wondering what's going on in their house, what goes on at their work. What are they to do? they got to be sure they don't tick off Rome. And they're wondering, is the kingdom of God greater than the kingdom of Rome? And the ending of our story tells a resounding yes. That the kingdom of God, even when Paul is in chains, remains unhindered not just it it is totally unaffected by the storms totally unaffected by the shipwrecks by the snake bites by the unscrupulous government leaders it is unhindered Paul is in chains but the kingdom of God is unhindered he's still sharing with everyone who will hear Of this good news that Jesus has made us right with God. That that in Christ we can live according to the, the wisdom of God and not the ways of the world. That we're freed from the kingdoms of this world in order to live fully in the kingdom, the glorious kingdom of God. Even in this this particular passage, we see this. I mean, this passage lasts over two years. But Peter, or but Paul always has a guard with him. Now, you gotta wonder who's feeling imprisoned. The guard or Paul? Cause what do you think Paul's gonna do? He's not gonna play Sudoku. You know, he, he's not gonna get on his phone. He's gonna be talking to this poor guard for whatever his eight hour, twelve hour shift is. And so it's just designed now for years. He's going to guard with him and this guard's going to come in, run his shift. Paul's going to tell him about Jesus and he's going to go home. And eventually he's going to start telling his, his, his kids. He's going to tell his friends. Yeah, this is what this dude's talking about. And then people st- still, he's under house arrest and people still continue to come and hear about the reality of the kingdom of God. It is unhindered. We, a sister church, is demonstrating this reality that the kingdom of God is unhindered no matter what happens. Um, we, we talked about it last week, prayed for our sister church, a sister eco church, a denominational uh, church in Cleveland, New Life at Calvary Church. And uh, last, about 10 days ago, you know, that tornado that hit Cleveland, it hit them spot on and, and damaged the roof of their church building. I mean, you, you can, uh, there's some other pictures in, that you can look inside it and see. You're, you see the children's classrooms from the clouds in this space. But on Sunday, they still gathered. They just gathered in the parking lot. They, they celebrated the reality of the kingdom of God, that it's unhindered. Even if a storm has come and destroyed your building, you still gather 
to worship God because the kingdom of God is unhindered. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about this kingdom of God. It's a core theme here. Core theme in the book of Acts. As we look at the, look at the end, uh, he mentions it twice in this passage. Not only in the, the last sentence there that Paul is proclaiming it, but, but also here in uh, verse 23, where Paul is continuing to testify to the kingdom of God. But it also is in the very beginning. It's in the second sentence of the book. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 3 is Jesus proclaiming. The kingdom of God. That Jesus was with the disciples. During, right after his resurrection. He was there for 40 days. And told he presented himself alive to them. After suffering. By many proofs. Appearing to them during 40 days. And speaking about what. You got to wonder. He's got 40 days. And this is it. He's going to speak about what is the top of the list. And what's he speaking about? The kingdom of God. So Jesus' death didn't stop it. He's been raised from the dead. He's speaking about the kingdom of God to the disciples. And now the end of the story, what's happening? Paul, he's in Rome, imprisoned, but he's also proclaiming the kingdom of God and the teachings of Jesus. He's doing exactly what Jesus did. He's now doing to show us that this kingdom of God is unhindered. And this kingdom of God proclaim, what, what does it, we mean by this kingdom of God? It means that it's, it's the way to live according to God's design. It's God's people living according to God's ways. That's what the kingdom of God is. Now that kingdom of God is perfect in, in heaven. That's why we, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, which we'll pray in a little bit after communion, we'll, we'll pray, thy, thy will be done, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that kingdom is now among us. And we are its subjects. We are to submit to that kingdom, to that way of living. That's who we are as a church. The kingdom, it's not just that it's something we can do. No, it's here. It is among us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we live into that kingdom as we follow the great commandment that Jesus gave us. Who summed up, what does this kingdom look like? It means that you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you love your neighbor as yourself. That is the work that... All the kingdom will always be in alignment with those commandments. Now, this journey of living in the kingdom of God in the midst of a bunch of other kingdoms is not easy. Uh, because the, the, the temptations and the, the, the pull and the push of the other kingdoms will always be among us. It is, it is a challenging life journey and many refuse to pursue the kingdom of God. And we see that in this passage. This is a difficult word here. A good challenging word. A confrontational word for us. Uh, one that, that, that corrects us. That in, that, uh, and then there's also another word in the passage that encourages us and empowers us. But this first one that, that is correcting. You know, is it, it's the religious leaders. The people who said they were, who were good people following Yahweh. They, 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 they were the ones that didn't... They refused to receive... This message of the kingdom of God, of what God was doing in their presence, in their midst. Because they were aligned to some other kingdom than the kingdom of God. 
I don't, we don't know exactly what. Maybe they were aligned to the kingdom of Israel, to their nation, or to their people, or to their traditions, to their preferences, to their history, to their habits. They were aligned. They, they were committed. They were submitting to some other kingdom, but the kingdom of God. Now, those other kingdoms aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves unless they take higher priority to the kingdom of God. They, all of those kingdoms that we're in, the kingdom of our family, the kingdom of our nation, the kingdom of our church, the kingdom of our traditions and histories and ethnicities and cultures, all of those must submit to the kingdom of God. And what we see here is a group of people who are good religious people who could not let go of the kingdoms of this world to let the kingdom of God be their one and only pursuit. Like Jesus told us in Matthew 6, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and everything else will fall into place. Now that, that's important for us because we, we can relate because we're good religious people. To, this can happen to us. You know, I have to remind myself you know, regularly that, that my kingdom is not the Smith kingdom or the American kingdom or the CHPC kingdom or the Eco kingdom. My kingdom, I submit to the authority. My allegiance is to the kingdom of God. And it's a good reminder for us to say, okay, need to do, hear that and say, are there other, are there places where I've allowed other kingdoms to take precedence over the kingdom of God or made them equal? And the way that I know it is when I don't act out of love, when I don't act out of love to God or to my neighbor. Now, what, what we want is to live every day according to the kingdom of God. Now, what I encourage you to do, uh, challenge you to do, is to, to take this week and take 10 to 15 minutes at some point in time during the day. I've shared this. This is a habit that is, uh, I've taken up over the last several months. And so it works for me. So then I share it with you. Um, and I've shared it with you before. But taking 10 to 15 minutes of Previewing, reviewing the past today and previewing the next day. And some of you have been doing that as well and you've found it helpful. I encourage you to, to, to consider this. Where you, you take that time and just review the last day, the last 24 hours and just, and review it with the filter of the greatest, great commandment. And review it um, positively, where it's like, yeah, I've been following the ways, I've been following love, I've been, I loved God in this way, I love my neighbor in this way. You see how the Spirit was working, and you were submitting to the ways of the kingdom of God. Celebrate that, praise the Lord about that, and and be encouraged. But then look also back, and you say, you know, there are ways that I didn't love God with all my heart, soul, and strength. Didn't love my neighbor as myself. And as you review, confess that. Confess that to God openly, honestly, straightforward, and then sing or hum or in your head sing because you've been forgiven. That's why we practice that every Sunday. That we're, we, we, we practice confession and forgiveness and celebration. But just take that preview review this week with that filter 
I'm doing out of love of God and love of neighbor or not. Because that we are, you know, part of the reason that the story, I think, ends openly is because what it's not a conclusion, but it's an invitation. This is Luke telling us today, hey, you're Acts chapter 29. We leave Paul in prison doing his thing with the kingdom of God and the teachings of Jesus. And we're left open to say, yeah, so now that's who we are. This story continues and it never ends until Jesus returns. We continue to write the story of the book of Acts. It really hasn't ended. Every day, every day, we can be part of the unhindered story of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of your life can be in tatters. The kingdom of your family can be very troubled. The kingdom of your church, tiresome. The kingdom of your nation, traumatic. But the kingdom of God is unhindered. And if you find yourself in any of those messed up kingdoms, that's not going to stop the kingdom of God and the power of the Spirit at work in you to love God and neighbor. You continue to be bold, just like Paul was in prison, with the love of Jesus and the beauty of the kingdom of God. Even if you're in your Ukraine facing war, you're in Niger or Gabon with disheveled government. You're in Maui or the Gulf Coast of Florida, destroyed by storms or fires. The kingdom of God is without hindrance. Or if you're in Cleveland with your church being blown up. Sin won't stop it. Not even yours. Prison doesn't hold it back. Even death cannot contain the kingdom of God. We are our little verse of the continuing chapter of Acts chapter 29. The Spirit continues to write His story in you. At home, at work, at school, in the neighborhood, in the community, wherever you are. The Spirit continues to write the story of the kingdom of God in you, in us. Consider today, in this moment, looking at this passage, knowing you are one, you're one of the characters in this story. We are one of the characters in this story. What's the, the Spirit laying upon your heart and mind today? We prayed, helping our eyes, open our ears. Well, what did the Spirit say to you? What, what temporary kingdoms, whether good or bad in this world, compete in your soul with the kingdom of God? What temporary hurdles and dead ends keep you from living for the kingdom of God? Have taken your hope from you. How is God saying to you today, I love you, I've chosen you, you're a character in this story. Now, 
share that love with others. Love me and love neighbor. Let's take just 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 seconds. We probably need to take 30 minutes. but 30 seconds here. Just let that sit with you. Take a moment and just listen. And during time of prayer, as we come to the, the table that represents the very kingdom of God in our midst, continue to listen for how the Lord may be leading and guiding you. Almighty God, we do give you thanks that you have given us the privilege of hearing the, the stories of Jesus, the stories of your church, the, the message of, that your kingdom is supreme and is eternal. Thank you for that sure and certain hope that comes for us, not just for when we die, but how we live today, how we live according to that kingdom. And we continue to pray that you will speak to us individually and as a church. How do we submit totally to the reality of your kingdom and its authority, your authority in our lives? Father, we also give you thanks that we can come before you and, and pray for one another. We can celebrate uh, your, your work in our midst. And, and, we, and we can continue to lift up others as, as they're facing their own storms and shipwrecks and challenges. We, we pray for the, the, the church of Jesus Christ in um, Niger and Ukraine and Gabon and um, other countries that are facing uh, such war or such struggle and uncertainty. We pray that the, the church there would be strengthened, would be living according uh, to loving you and loving neighbor, even in the midst of such catastrophic challenges. For our brothers and sisters in Maui and the Gulf Coast of Florida and up at New Life at Calvary, we give you thanks for, for them and as they continue to celebrate your goodness even in the midst of such sad and difficult times. Lord, we also give you thanks. We, we give you thanks from the, the, the many gifts that you of healing that you have given. We pray particularly this day for Olivia and the grandchild of Maggie and Dave Smith who has been in intensive care but was re- released to go home this week and we rejoice with them and uh, with uh... we also give you thanks Lord uh, for um, a special birthday this week for uh, Tink as she turned to 95 we give you thanks for your many blessings um, upon um, each of us and all of us and your your gift of uh, of life. Now, as we come to this table together, Lord, may it truly be uh, a symbol, a sign of your the reality of your kingdom, the feast, the heavenly feast that you have made for us. And it may may it also uh, be one in which your spirit is at work, making it real in our lives. That as we come forward, taking this bread and this cup, that we would receive you, renew our commitment to following, submitting to the kingdom of God over every other kingdom, 
And that, that you and the, the presence of your spirit would make that real in us. You would continue to feed our faith. You would nourish our soul. Anchor us in you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.